You are listening to Lady Red Live with You Are Not Your Talent, Season 1. Mark Setticole has been a guitarist in Sydney, Australia for over a decade. Mark has been my duo partner for over eight years and this guy is the real deal. Hard worker and always giving 100% in the music industry here in Sydney. So sit back and relax and enjoy the interview with Mark Setticole and I really hope that you are inspired. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Lady Red Live with You Are Not Your Talent. And today I am uh, interviewing one of my favourite musicians of all time. We have been through thick and thin together and uh, many, many big nights. So ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only, drumroll please, Mr. Mark Setticole. Hey, hey, hey. How we going? Marky Mark, (laughs) all the way in Sydney. Six-hour drive from where I am. How's your day today? What have you been doing? Good, thanks, man. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, you're probably one of my favorite musicians as yeah. well. <laughs> um, today has just been pretty chill. Um, just really trying to keep busy. Obviously, can't leave the house, but uh, just on the balcony this morning, reading a book. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. <laughs> school holidays, so I'm just trying to just trying to take it all in. School holidays, geez, what they used to be like. I hated school. Anyway, another another topic altogether. <laughs> hey, uh, so tell me about your career so far. Yeah, um, so this seems pretty cool for me. Um, I don't I haven't done anything really huge. Um, I actually. Flew out to the Gold Coast as a, you know, 22, 23 year old um, to play for a few of the X Factor finalists. Nice, nice. I think Prinny was in there, um, Fatai. So we, we came together at AIM. Yep. We've had a few rehearsals at AIM. Uh, it's actually where I met Eric Fortaleza. Fortaleza. Shout out to Eric. Um, Someone who can actually say his last name correct. <laughs> so we were there uh, rehearsing and we actually got flown out to the Gold Coast. Awesome. And we played a really, really cool uh, corporate function. One of the bigger venues that I've, that I've played. Yep. Um, I think we did three songs per uh, act. So I can't remember who, who was there. I think it was Ben Hazelwood. Oh, cool. Uh, I think Fat Tide, like I said, Prinny and Mahalia. Um, that was pretty cool. That was as a young kid, man. I was, you know, 23 or something. So that was probably um, a really big highlight for me. Anything that I've traveled for. So you and I did a Pino. I think that's a highlight for sure. Um, flying over to Melbourne as well. Uh, for that wedding, that was really cool. Um, uh, actually, in my, I think before X Factor, uh, I was with a guy named Don Dollar. I was I was his guitarist. Yep. Um, and he he was being signed to Teddy Riley. Wow. Um, Teddy Riley is obviously part of Black Street. <clears throat> they came over, and we got to open. Blackstreet. Mad. Okay, that's cool. That's um, pretty sweet. Which was really, really, really cool, yeah. 
So I think they're, you know, they're the things that I've held on to. They're the memories. I'm sure there's a few more, but I can't really remember right now. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Awesome. Um, of course, we have met. Uh, where and when can you remember the first time that we met? I feel like I remembered something today, um, but I want to see if you've got the same memory. <laughs> Um, apparently you were at AIM. I don't remember that. I don't, that's not my first memory of you. Okay. It was actually, um, collectors. What? Um, so again, playing with Don Dollar, he had a show. We did a, uh, I think it was only like a 40 minute set at collectors and you were in, in the crowd with your crew of crews. Uh, and when we finished, we, when we finished our set, you're like, dude, let's, let's jam American boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so of course, of course, uh, you get up and sing and, um, I think Ramnak was on, was on bass and I think I was the only one that knew the, knew the chords to the song. So I remember yelling out, you know, he might, <laughs> he made <just> said, <laughs> shouting out to the boys in the band. Yeah, I don't think it was an open. <laughs> I don't think it was an open invitation, but you came up and fucking hustled your way to jam. <laughs> wow, that sounds like me. As you do, sounds like the early days for sure. Um, I remember, I do remember the aim one. So I think you were um, practicing for something or in your um, session with your band for for uni, and I think I was coming in to help someone yeah. with something. Yeah. And I was in that music room and I remember meeting you and thinking that you were a Kiwi bro. <laughs> and, um, and I think I just got your contact through someone else thinking that you'd be an awesome guitarist to work with as a duo. Um, I think back then I was working with good old Hoseway and a few other people and I was trying to find someone who um, could be, of course, committed to be able to do a lot more work. Yeah, right. So that's my first memory of you. Right. And then imagine that. Then a probably a couple of months later, I turn up to collectors and take over <laughs> as per. You probably no. don't even remember that collectors night. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah, I don't remember that night. <laughs> I, I think after collectors, I don't remember meeting you at AIM. I don't remember. I've got a pretty good recollection of the early days of AIM. I remember meeting Phoenix Martinez. He's probably the first guy that I met at AIM. Um, but um, I remember getting a text and then you booked me for, for Piano Room. Yep, that sounds about right. Funnily enough, Phoenix was playing. Yep. I remember just rocking up to gigs and not even not even knowing he's playing. Um, well, Phoenix, Phoenix and I went to uni together and then I, we both, I dropped out and I think he kept going because my, um, I had appendicitis, so I didn't finish. And so I'm pretty sure that's where the link would have come in, but yeah, piano room would have been, was that 2009, 2008 or was it after that? I think it was around there. That's when I finished uni and that's when I started breaking out into gigging and meeting everyone. There you go. It just shows you how how entwined the music industry is as well within within Sydney alone. Oh yeah. Where like you just know one person and that and that network can just keep going and keep going and keep going. Oh yeah. Um over the last past season, so say the six to twelve months, let's say before 
our good old COVID nineteen is around. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how's your season been? Are you are you gigging heaps? Are you um, are you pulling back? What what? How's your season going? Yeah. What's going um, on? Yeah. So I only I only just got a a permanent position teaching two years ago. Uh, I've been teaching for I think seven or eight. Most of that would have been casual. Yep. So I finally got a permanent thing and um, I kind of took a step back gigging just so I can give it a proper go. Yep. Just so I'm, you know, doing it for the right reasons. Um, it's, you know, obviously there's a there's a salary involved and I get a paycheck every couple of weeks. <clears throat> but I really wanted to give it a, prop, a proper go, get to know my students, give the, you know, give, give my all. Uh, maybe November last year, I was like, all right, I've given it a proper go. I'm, you know, I think I'm, I'm good to get back into the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really want to, you know, I really miss playing, miss playing in a band, miss, uh, the hangs. Yep. Half the gig is always, you know, just hanging. Um, so I gave it a proper go and I was, you know, I was getting, I was getting a few, few hits. I think finesse was hitting me up for some uh <clears throat> for some weddings I, mean, I was just starting to say yes instead of nah i'd rather just chill with my wife whatever uh shout out to my wife um you know just start saying yes all right i'm i'm down i'm down i'm down was that hard for you at the beginning to decide to say hang the boots for that season as a as a gigging musician Man, you you could probably you could probably say a few things about that because I had to have to say no to you as well. Yeah, man, I hustled you <laughs> um, hard. <laughs> I was copping it from a lot of people, you included, you know. Um, but I just I just stuck to stuck to it. Um, obviously, for my students, um, you know, I'd I'd, I'd it, I would hate rocking up to school. Uh, not being prepared um it was probably the worst worst few things that I've done is is you know rock up to class uh, and just wing it it's probably not how you want your children you know to to go to school knowing that the teachers you know just winging it it's not they deserve better the the children deserve better that's amazing because I never, because I, I remember giving you a lot of hand for it. I remember, you know, what do you mean you don't want to do a gig on a Saturday night at one of the best venues in Sydney? And you'd give me the excuse that it was a, it was starting too late and I was calling you an old man all the time. Um, but of course, now knowing the real reason behind it, it, it kind of changes the whole perspective on it. And I think if you'd told me um, what you would, what you were up to, I probably would have respected it and been like, cool, man, go for it. So there you go. <laughs> Oh man, it's it, it was hard to juggle. It was really hard to juggle because um, you know I'm I'm down for every, fuck you know me man. You know I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I've always been down for you, and there's a few other few others that I'm always down for. Um, <clears throat> and saying no and the real reason behind it, I didn't really want people to know because that's mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm fucking selling out or not a muso anymore. I'm a, like you said, I'm old man. Fucking, you know, full time job. Yep, blah, totally blah, blah. makes sense. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, can you remember a defining no- moment 
um, from the beginning of your career, kind of that like tapped you in or set you off to go, this is it, this is, this is what I want to do, you know? Hard, man. Um, <clears throat> I've been thinking about this for, you know, last night. Last night I looked at, the, at your question. Um, I don't really have one. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a defining moment. Um, I reckon I have moments. Yep. Maybe more than one. Yep. Uh, one in particular, um, I was I was a guitarist for a dude named Mike Champion. I'm sure everyone uh, would know of Mike. Yep. Um, and we did a we opened for someone I can't remember from America some uh, soul soul singer mm-hmm. uh, something. Anyway, in the back room was. Uh, Kevin Mendoza um, and the Daryl Beaton and that whole crew. They were the ones that were playing for that, the act. I don't know. I still can't remember who the act was. Um, But they were the band. uh, Obviously, the act has booked Daryl Beaton and crew. Yep. Um, And me just getting into the scene uh, with Mike and the other boys. We were called the Harlem Knights. Yes. Shout, Shout out to the Harlem Knights. Um, so just coming into the music scene, I'm sitting backstage with Daryl Beaton, uh, Kevin Mendoza, um, you know, pretty fucking cool. The venue was, um, the basement, man. Just coming into the scene, getting booked to play the basement, you know, chilling with these top dogs in the, in the back room. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember the basement, but they have this, uh, this wall where you write, you know, everyone who's played there writes on the, on that wall. That's it, yep. And I remember being a, being able to write on the wall. <laughs> Monumental. Yeah, I think that was a, one of one of the defining moments. Since then, um, being able to work with those guys probably over and over again um, within the music industry, isn't it crazy how then your mind changes from being someone who – maybe isn't even adequate enough to be around them and then you realise that uh, over time then you're ending up doing the same gigs at them and you're turning up and you're like, oh, oh. you know, I've made it. <laughs> I, I remember being um, maybe first year at uni or second year at uni and it was a Thursday and we always do the pub, uh, KBs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Someone yells out, oh, uh, um, what, uh, what were they called? Daryl Beaton. The Daryl Beaton Band. That's what yep, they were yep. called. Um, the Daryl Beaton Band are playing in the cross. Let's, you know, let's go. Yep. So we all leg it to the cross and, you know, I'm, we're all there and we look up to these guys, man. Darryl, the the Daryl Beaton Band, we're like the dudes. They're yep, like the it. most crazy. Down on bass, Phoenix. Um, <clears throat> they were the dudes, man. And, you know, we'd look up to them. And we strive to be like them and we, you know, wanted to be around that level of musicianship, creativity. Um, and, you know, once I graduated, one of the first gigs I ever did was um, that basement gig where they're chilling in the back room. And, you know, I think, I think that's why it was such a defining moment. That's awesome. Yeah. Brings it all brings it all together. Shows you, you know, if you work hard and you and you and you push forward, 
you're going to end up being at that level that you aspired to be, you know, with, which is great. Was there a moment in time or a breaking point where you've wanted to call it quits? So when when you let's let's ask the question more as um, when you did hang the boots up because you wanted to focus more on your students and and being a great teacher, did you ever feel that that was just for a season, or did you kind of know in your gut, no, I, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm going to stop music altogether? Oh, it was it was really hard. Hey, um, I know I, I would never never really quit music I have always enjoyed um, playing in a band um, and more recently playing as a duo being able to control mm-hmm. all the all the uh, <clears throat> instrumental stuff um, but I've always really really enjoyed it it was really tough for me to make that call um, you know to grow up you know Peter Pan even Peter Pan grew up one day. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really really tough, but I always knew I'd come back. I always knew, you know, <clears throat> I'd always come back and try and make make a name for myself again. And which is what I thought was happening um, this season. That's good. You know, I started gigging with um, a few few really big bands, man. I remember I stepped in for um, Brown Sugar. Yep. That was a really big moment for me because that's when I just said yes. I was just saying yes again. And then um, and then they give me the call and I'm like, hell yeah. So it was really, really tough to call it quits. Yeah, even on the thought of just saying yes. Um, I remember, you know, three, three or four years ago before I started doing the cruise ships full time, there was a season where literally we or I was just saying yes to every gig possible (laughs) and you were just my wingman like it was just you know I knew that you were available I knew you were my first go and and I I can say 99% of the time you were my my guitarist it was only Mm. either birthday or anniversary that I couldn't get you other than that you know it was um it was pretty it was pretty amazing to have such a um such a good it's like having someone on the team that you know you can always rely on because we all know how busy everyone is in Sydney so if you want to book someone in you got to book them in three to four months in advance if you want to use your same crew so I think that was a real um saving grace there (laughs) where we we had that connection you know for nearly 10 years and then before that then of course working together full-time like um I was saying in another um in another podcast the other day that at one stage we were gigging Wednesday night all the way to the weekends, <laughs> then doing a wedding, say in Berry, and then driving back and doing the freaking Bayview to 1am and then doing another gig on a Sunday. Like we were just going hardball and, you know, you could have just stopped it at any stage and been like, nah, I can't be bothered anymore. This is too much. But we both were in it together. We were both going hard, like going hardcore. It was really a great season to be musicians and to be able to say we were full time, you know. That's the that's the thing you do in your youth, man. That's what you have to do. You need to do the hard yards. Mm. You need to make a name for yourself. You need to get your fucking craft in order. You need to learn. You need to make mistakes, <clears throat> and you need to get your shit together, so that when 
when you're in your older years, man, you're not you're not struggling, you're not hustling. Yep. You've got all your gear, you've done all the hard work, you know what you're doing, and that's and that's that's the beauty of the business, I think. That's it. Mark, how do you keep uh, fresh and up to date? Yeah, this was another weird uh, sort of thing to ask myself. Um, cool. But um, I think just always updating your music, um, mm-hmm. always searching for that for that uh, that new vibe, uh, that new act, that new artist, that new sound. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I guess, incorporate it. I don't know. I've recently been listening to a lot, a lot, a lot of Tom Mish, mm-hmm. uh, guitarist, uh, singer, really, really chill, cool beats, um, really good guitarist as well. He likes to use specific sounds. Um, and, you know, I've recently updated a few of my pedals. Um, <clears throat> I did one gig. Uh, Probably, actually, it was my last gig for the season uh, before COVID. Yeah. Um, and I used it in my in my rig, and I really enjoyed the sound of it, which really, which is really cool. Um, so I just got to stay. On, I think you just got to stay on top. Uh, always updating uh, what you're listening to, I think, and then it reflects. It shows in your in your own music. And, of course, for a guitarist, you would be learning songs that your singers are wanting to learn that might be new in, new in the industry. Um, but um, I sometimes find it hard for myself just to, like, listen to an album to enjoy it and not have to feel that in the back of my mind I'm, I'm going to learn half these songs. Um, and that's something that I have to keep doing as well, like, um, just finding that time to sit down and just, you know, search someone on Spotify and, and listen. Like I did it with Dua Lipa the other day and listened to her whole album. It was like, oh, this is epic. But I don't, you know, I don't do that enough and I feel like I need to do that more just for myself for an enjoyment rather than feeling like it's always um, situa- situated around work. Do you know why we don't do it anymore, Fish? Why is that, Mark? Because we don't have those long fucking drives anymore. <laughs> That too, exactly. We have those long ass drives where we're like, dude, what do you want to listen to? And then you just drive and jam. Yeah, I remember borrowing several albums from you and we were going to listen to it on the, on the drive up to, <clears throat> man, I can't even remember, maybe like it was a far one. It was a really far one. Um, and I just bought uh, the Liberty, the Subaru Liberty, and we were taking it for the long drive, the first drive in the car. Ah, oh, dude, I can't remember where we were going, but it was a long one. I think we went up to like close to Coffs. I think you're right. Coffs Harbour. And it was that wedding in the barn and they were all like 20-year-olds and then after we performed for the reception, they plugged in their iPod. I remember, do you, is this the one you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and then we uh, still drove that seven and a half hour drive back and I didn't have a license. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember. Yeah, that would have been it. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Like you would you would listen to whole albums. Yeah, even, even just to like um, – 
the Central Coast or something. I remember doing a lot of gigs. You know, the the, the gigs were only you know, two hours or so. Hunter Valley, for the example. The Hunter Valley, yep, yep. And, you know, you'd have all that free time just to listen. Yep. Sometimes we'd drive separately and that would give me a lot of time just with my own thoughts and listening to new music. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, finding something during the week and say, hey, I've got to freaking check this shit out. Mm-hmm. And then you have the time to do it on the weekend. A long drive. Nah, awesome. That's great. That's so good. Uh, we're going to change it up now. I want to ask, this is another question that um, sometimes can stunt people a little bit, but where do you see yourself? You could even make it with your, with your wife. Um, where do you see yourself from five years from now? And it can be as big as you want or as easy as you want for the, for the answer. Um, well, man, in regards to my career, ideally I'd like to be, uh, oh, man, I don't even know. Um, maybe like a coordinator of sorts. Awesome. Maybe a year coordinator or or a faculty coordinator, something along those lines. Yep. Um, but in terms of, you know, gigging and the live music thing, dude, I'd really like to try singing. Dude, you can sing. I'd really like to go out. After a few bourbons, <laughs> you're on that harmony. You got it, down pro. <laughs> No, I'd really like to to go out as a, you know, as a solo act. All right. Well, I'll make sure that I put you on the solo act list, buddy. <laughs> In no way am I doing anything to prepare myself for it. Right. You know, I do sing every now and then, every now and then but, man, I'd really like to just try it. I'd really like to, you know, get up in front of, you know, for example, the Albion. Yep. Not that the Albion... You know, not like they fucking care or whatever. Yep. But, you know, just to get up and sing a song or two and keep it chill. All right. Well, when we all go back to work and we'll probably do the first gig at Albion because, of course, I run the joint, uh, I'll just make sure that you get to do the last <laughs> 10 minutes of the of the evening. We'll sing those scrubs and then you can just no. sing the last few songs. <laughs> first 10 minutes. First 10 minutes. All right. We'll get you on at 5 p.m. then. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Cool. Well, that's the kind of stuff that you know it, it would be, it'd be even pressing record on um, on Facebook and just going, whoever's there, I'm about to jam out a song, and it's just it's just getting your confidence up. That's all it is. It's at the end of the day, it's just confidence. And I was um, speaking about that the other night, um, even just to my parents, just talking about how. For years, I would sit down behind the piano when I first started out at the piano room and um, Castle Hill RSL and places like that. And the first few songs that I would play and be singing, my mind would be telling me that I'm crap and my mind would be telling me that I'm not good enough and that I shouldn't be here. And it was a crazy feeling because I'd be looking around the crowd and, of course, people would be in their conversations talking to whoever And then I'd have my break and I'd walk up to people and say, I hope you're enjoying it. And their response was always, man, you were such a great entertainer. Mm. And I would always have to punch myself because I'd be like, well, here I am the whole time digging at myself because I think that I'm not good enough and why why should I be here? Yet here is the crowd telling me that I am. So all it is, it's just my internal voice that I need to shut up. 
you know what I mean? Like it's it's crazy when you realize it's only you that thinks those thoughts. Yeah. I, oh, man, I'm exactly the same. Exactly the same. The first thing I do when I rock up to a venue is look for, <laughs> I guess, colored people. Um, mm-hmm. And just, you know, because I don't know, I guess being being a, a certain nationality um, in, a, in a venue full of, uh, you know, it's, I'll say predominantly white people, it can be uh, intimidating, especially with the jams that we play, old school R&B, the, the soul. Yep. You know, there's been a few times where, man, I'll say it, there's been one time in particular that I freaking hated was at Mounties with you and there was this toothless guy giving me shit yep because i'm not playing the, the the stuff that he wants to hear yep and it it and maybe that's where you're coming from where as well the, your your mind thought is oh, am i playing the right songs mm-hmm. am i doing it justice yep you know am i am i good enough so yeah it, it's always in the back of my mind as well mm. maybe it's just a music internal thought that we all are actually fighting at the same time but we we don't even know you know we don't even realize that we're both we're all going through the same thing (laughs) insecure everyone's insecure at at, on some level yep yep I do know that I began to push push through it because I remember doing a gig on a Sunday afternoon at a pub in Burwood and my whole clientele was um, men over the age, you know, Caucasian Aussie men over the age of let's just say 40 plus years old. And I remember sitting down at that gig because I was on my own and I could have gone into the songs that I expected them to want me to do and I just went, nah, stuff it. I'm going to play what I want to play. Mm-hmm. And I think I just started with some Motown classics yeah. and they were all going off their face like they were so pumped and I realized that was a that was a pivotal moment where I realized that it's actually sometimes not about what they want to hear it's about them the 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 viewer the watching person enjoying because we're enjoying it as a musician and I think that's where you know over the years we just decided Mm. to play stuff that we wanted to play because it actually made us feel good so then it made the atmosphere feel our energy yeah i think that's one thing i've, I've loved working with you mm-hmm. um a lot because you you've never caved to playing those you know those pub classics yeah they're not they're not horrible songs man horses you know not a horrible song but you've never caved and you've always you've always you have always tried to keep it fresh yep. you know you're always like when when we were in um <clears throat> you know prime gigging mode, yep. this would have been like five years ago. You'd always oh, learn this, learn this, learn this, learn this. We would try it at a particular venue. Yep. Doesn't work. Not a cr- not a crowd favorite. Uh, <clears throat> uh, not a good response from the crowd. Oh, not any response actually. Uh, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> um, but you know you. You'd continue to to look for those new crowd, you know, crowd pleasers, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Um, and then we found what works. We found what didn't work. 
uh, and we build on what works and you that's you know that's the repertoire yeah and learning to build your repertoire as well yeah knowing what what's, what works for yourself i think that's very important yeah awesome Awesome. So right now, um, COVID-19, of course, is happening in the world. It's going to go down in history, of course. We'll be talking about it for years to come. I want to ask, like, for you for you and your partner, how how is it for you guys right now? How are you taking um, being isolated and, and what are you doing that's helping you guys at home um, to not go out of your minds? Um, to be honest, right now, it's, it's all normal to me because I – I've been on um, school holidays before. I've, every ten weeks, we get holidays, and, and usually I'm I'm by myself during the day. Yep. So I'm kind of used to the isolation. Yep. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like uh, weeks from now, you know, or months from now. I, I definitely know my wife uh, is taking it a bit, taking it a bit hard. Yep. Um, she's very very social, as as am I. Um, I do enjoy a beverage or two um, <clears throat> and the fact that we can't go out, we can't socialize, we can't mingle, make new memories, it's pretty, it's pretty shit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I've, I've, I've got a salary, I've got an income, so does she. Yep. So we're not too fussed. We're, we're doing okay. Okay, cool. Um, cooking is, is a big thing for me. I like to cook. Yes, I've had a few of your meals. <laughs> I like to cook, um, man. And I just, I just want to use this time, I guess, productively. Awesome, awesome. Um, Trish, my wife, my wife bought me some recording equipment, some stuff to make some beats with, and you know, I'm trying to trying to focus on that. Awesome. They're not very good, but, you know. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> That's really cool, man. That's really cool. Uh, you just mentioned cooking. So I want to ask that question of um, without your talent, so without being able to to play the guitar and be a musician, what else do you see in yourself? What else do you see yourself doing or what else do you in, in enjoy doing? So you, you just spoke about cooking. Um, is there anything else that, like, if you didn't have music a part of your world? Yeah, I think for sure I would have been a mechanic or uh, Sparky or carpenter, something with my hands, definitely. I've always enjoyed uh, building things, yep. um, making things. Uh, I remember building a, a pedal board. Cool. Um, just for the fun of it. You know, I had money to buy a pedal board, but I'd rather make one. That's so cool. And, you know, it was in the. It was in the rotation for I think six months, <laughs> um, but def- definitely something to do with my hands, something you know intricate or I don't know. Cooking, cooking is definitely cool. I don't know how I'd go in a commercial kitchen though. It's pretty. You are good. You are good at those uh, Filipino meals. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Uh, it's all right. I'll go. I've had all right. some. I've had some good, good barbecue. <laughs> That's awesome. One of my favorite questions is anything that you see that we could give back to the, you know, the uni kids, um, the younger generation who, of course, are studying right now and then will want to break out into the industry 
you know, after they've finished their studies? Anything that you want to say to them? Yeah, oh, this is this would have helped me a lot if someone, you know, <clears throat> told me this. Um, just be be prepared. Awesome. I think one of my one of my regrets um, was, I guess, not being, you know, rocking up to a gig and saying, "Yeah, I'll be right," but not knowing half the set list. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, not not having the right sounds. You know, sometimes, you know, juggling, juggling this music thing with, you know, family relationships, uh, career, it's hard, man. And you get very, very little time. And I had very little time and little space. Mm. I had no area uh, to perfect my, you know, my pedal, my pedal board, my sounds. Um, And then you rock up to a gig thinking you'll just wing it. um, And then it all goes to shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So being prepared, knowing your shit, Knowing what's required of you, um, oh man! Also, be on time. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Don't be late. Don't be late. I learned this very, very early. Um, maybe a little bit from you, fish. Yep. But before, before you as well. Um, rock up, rocking up to um rehearsals, rehearsals late. Mm-hmm. Man, not cool. Not not cool, um, and then being dropped from from that project because you're unreliable. Yeah, it's, it's, yep. it's tough, man. Especially being out west, and all the rehearsals are in the city. Yeah, it was you know it was really really difficult to to manage. I think, and I think that's the big one that separates the musicians who are coming through who are hungry. And then the ones who are not, even as a as a vocalist for me, you know, I was turning up to band gigs with, you know, musicians I didn't know um, with a microphone, my own microphone and my own lead um, because that was just the way that I'd been taught, thank God, from my my mum and my dad being musicians, that you turn up to a gig with your equipment, even though my equipment, of course, was my voice, but I turned up with my stuff. Mm. And then as a vocalist, I would then usually stick around and pack up with the band. Yeah. And that for that for me was always something that people admired or, or stood out for them because normally the singer would grab their microphone and say peace and they'd be out um <laughs> of course most of the time I was the one providing the sound system but at other gigs where the sound the sound equipment was was provided I still remember you know making sure sticking around and you know being a part of the team yeah. I think that's a big thing oh yeah that's whenever you finish a gig, like you know, Rock Lily or wherever, you know, the band's still hanging around, rolling up their leads, whatever. This thing is just mm. peace, laters. Right. <laughs> I think that's that's the. I don't know. I think for me, man, I think that's fine. Singers, man, do your thing. You you just sung for literally three hours, whatever. Yep. Take it easy. Go home. <laughs> And then if you could go back to your younger self, back to the early days, what advice would you tell yourself? Yeah, I think something similar to what I would say to the university students. Yep. You know, um, get your shit together. Get it together. Don't rock up 
fingers crossed. Yep. You know, it'll all work out. Yep. Like, no, get your shit together. Be prepared. Be over-prepared. Um, learn all your parts. And one thing I was told very, very early, very, very early is there's no point in a deaf musician. Right. Um, and that, of course, refers to guitarists and uh, how they like to solo or their amp levels, you know. Know your levels that's and be on time, I think. I think that's, yeah, that's one of the things that I would say to myself. I've never heard that saying before. There's no need for a deaf musician. I think that's really great because how many musicians do you play with and they don't realise how much louder they are <laughs> compared to everybody else on the stage. Um, yeah. That's really great. That's really great. And learning to um, learning to work as a team, learning to work together. You know, we've we've worked with musicians in the past to try and take control or try and think that they're going to be the leader but I think that comes naturally like you know that that comes naturally in a team and I think if you sit in your if you sit in your groove within a band that maybe you haven't played with half the guys before if you just sit in the in your position it'll all be it'll all turn out like everyone will end up getting into their groove and 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 fitting into their space dude if you're playing a song and you can you can physically see the singer gasping for air obviously the song's too fast Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah so you would naturally from the direction of the singer or whoever's saying it slow it down man fucking slow it down you know what i mean you gotta be able to be a team especially on stage that's awesome well marky mark i um i really um hope that over after this of course isolation period that um you know if I'm still here in Sydney we get to gig together again which would be awesome mm. and um then I'd be able to use my sound system that I bought for one gig before <laughs> everything went to shit <laughs> oh my gosh. oh gosh the days the days of storage units um and you know and I really um you know give you a, a thumbs up to to go hard for gigging again and get back in with finesse and smash yeah. it out and you know we need we need great guitarists who who love what they do and you are definitely one of them and oh, you bring that to thanks, every man. single gig so um and and you bring your posse as well and uh, everyone needs <laughs> a freaking posse thank you very much dude well there it is lady red live with mark Sedicole. I hope you have been inspired and are leaving a little bit more encouraged for the day. Jump on my socials if you'd love to connect with Mark. And of course, check out my Facebook, Lady Red Entertainment, and my Instagram, at Lady Red ENT, which of course is short entertainment. So be blessed, stay safe, and until next time, this has been Lady Red Live.